SI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is Advent for the Sexually Compulsive, episode 65, season 3 of the podcast. Some Gary Hoey on guitar here. Rock and roll Christmas music for you. That is Gary Hoey. Uh, ho, ho, hoey Christmas is the name of it. It's like volume one, volume two, volume three. He has three Christmas albums, all rock and roll, uh, like Christmas tracks, which are awesome. Instrumental, all instrumental, which is also pretty awesome. Uh, check that out. Also, got an email from iTunes. Those of you who listen on iTunes... Uh, that some of the policies have changed as far as, I don't know, I really don't, I don't speak lawyer. So um, <laughs> I didn't always get permission from, right, from the artist to play the music. And I did bumper music uh, for years. I do point back to the website where you can download the songs in their entirety. Uh, so the bumper music, it's bumper promo music in the talk radio business. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the podcast after uh, January 1st. They have some algorithm or something that's supposed to weed out copyright material that people don't want on iTunes. I don't know. Um, Again, I don't play the entire songs in most cases. When it's an independent band, I can play the whole song, that kind of thing. But... Uh, so, so there may be some some legal stuff going on with the ASI podcast, uh, and maybe some of those episodes might be taken down. I don't know how it's going to work, but you can donate at asi247.org to the Russ Shaw Legal Defense Fund. <laughs> it's been set up right there. Um, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding, but I'm totally serious. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be sued over it. Um, this thing does cost money to keep online, by the way. If you've thought about you know, wanting to make an impact for you know, people who struggle in this area, man, I would strongly recommend a donation to this podcast. It, it is broke. Again, the, the, the needle is on the E and uh, we're running on fumes here. So that's just the, uh, the, the deal. And just in case, I don't know, I may be sued. But again, there's like, can you, can you get blood out of turnips? <laughs> no, you can't. But anyway, I, I don't have any money. No, there's not much to, to sue me over. I'm not too worried about it. And I don't know, you know, I'm just kind of assuming the worst when it comes to copyright and the change in policy in this email from iTunes. I, I don't, I don't know. But uh, yes, assuming the worst seems to be a an old habit of mine. Maybe that should go. I don't know. But it's, hey, I'm cautious, right? You should be cautious, Russ. You never know. Like SoundCloud don't let you get away with that. Right? They don't. I get half of the stuff that I, (laughs) bumper music that I play, SoundCloud flags it and says, no, that's copyrighted material. You cannot put that on SoundCloud. So, yep. And I don't have a lot of stuff on SoundCloud. So, anyway, for whatever reason. But yeah, last week's episode was uh, totally uh, independent music, so can't get in trouble for that, right? Anyway, yes, that's what's going on. 
Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Hashtag, right? Yes, a little more Gary Hoey here on the podcast. By the way, if you go to the website asi247.org, you click on the music tab at the top, you can download and buy these songs online, categorized, all the bumper music I play right there. So, another way to help maybe keep my nose clean with the recording industry. (laughs) Right there, bumper promos. This is a bump promo. Anyway, more Jerry Hoey, Heart the Air, Harold Angel Sing. Love this song. Dear to my heart, this tune. Um, at Russ Shaw, all one word, that's three S's, is my Twitter handle. And if you would like to like ASI, actually it's Meet Russ Shaw, um, you can do that on the ASI website as well. Or do a Google search for Meet Russ Shaw on Facebook, and it's right there. My email address, if you'd like to email the show, russ at asi247.org. Again, the website, asi247.org, if you feel led to leave a year-end donation. Again, I would encourage you, and I would appreciate it. Also, if you could leave a review of the show on iTunes, especially right now, that would be really helpful, or click on one of the reviews that you agree with from another listener on there um, that also shows this thing does make a difference in people's lives this podcast so um, again when it comes to donating to keep this thing alive it, this is not just my hobby alright I do see some hearts and lives being changed again donations are extremely helpful for keeping this thing going. So, getting that out of the way, rock on into the Advent Show. And yes, the Christmas season can be a bit of a challenge, but it can also give us an opportunity to uh, learn some new or exercise some new coping skills, right? When it comes to this this season of life, um, is, is uh, Merry Christmas? You know, the, the holidays between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Um, it's just it just can be a very stressful time but the way we handle stress says everything about the way our lives are going to pour out right something I used to end every show with uh, back in season one was uh, you know life is 80 percent life is 20 percent the things that happen to us and 80 percent how we handle it right so Stress 20%? Is that what I'm saying? I don't know. 
<laughs> what do you think, right? I'll put that question over in your uh, area, right? Let, that, let you process that. That's what this show is going to be about a little bit, and I'll unpack that in, in a little bit. Um, Christmas is, uh, you know, I, I heard this gal at the at the store the other day was like, you know, the, the lady at the cashier says, well, happy holidays, ma'am. You know, she's kind of this older churchy lady. And she's like, you mean Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas to you, you know, as she, as she walks away. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, all right, there's the, there goes the Christmas Pharisee right there, right? Merry Christmas Pharisees are, are out in full force, which, I don't know, is that a good witness? It's like, okay, you sound a little grinchy as you're wishing me a Merry Christmas, right? I don't know what it do with that. So, uh, happy holidays, by the way. Don't tell the lawyers in my country here in the United States, but the, the word happy holidays actually points to holy days. All right? The word holiday is a derivative of the word holy days. All right? In the UK, my friends in the UK going on vacation, we would say in the States, I'm going on vacation. And, and the folks in Australia, they'll do this too. They'll say, I'm going on holiday, which is kind of theological because it points back to the Sabbath in, in taking a break, taking a vacation, right? Taking a time of rest, which is going on holiday, right? Taking some time off. These are theological ways of thinking about a word that is pretty familiar to all of us who speak English as a first language, right? Holidays. So it's a little Christmas and theology on the podcast today. Um, talking about, I've been on the NoFap Christian site recently and reading a lot of posts there. I've, I've posted some myself. I'm Russell ASI is my uh, Reddit handle as NoFap Christians is a subreddit of the uh, the social media basically message board site called Reddit. Um, and, and, and I feel for you, man, because I've been there. I, I know how that feels. Like guys are going a, a week and then relapse or a month and then relapse. They can't seem to get past this certain amount of days or right or weeks or whatever it is. And I, and I feel you, man, I, I've been there. Um, and, and I pray that you're listening because you're you know, looking for hope, I guess, right? Um, information, maybe someone who's been there, been through it. But mainly, I hope you're listening for theology's sake. If you're on NoFap Christian site, this is going to be a theological show. Because I'm not strong enough to have done this on my own. I don't have that kind of willpower. I'm not all, you know... The Rocky who punched out sexual addiction, you know, you see some of these no smoking commercials and there's some guy who's just got a ton of willpower, just, you know, he's got his patch or whatever it is. Jesus is my patch. No, that's, that's bad. Uh, Jesus isn't my patch, all right? Jesus is way bigger than my patch, <laughs> okay? And that's part of it. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Um, Advent. So during the Christmas season, uh, going to a church right now, uh, Pastor Chuck was just on. He's he's the pastor at this church I've been going to. It's Port Gardner Bay Church. Um, and 
they do a thing called Advent with an Advent calendar. And Don Ringman, who's uh, one of the cats there, he lights that puppy and every Sunday. And there's, you know, okay, here's how it works. There's four candles on the outside. It's like a wreath. If you think of a Christmas wreath, there's four candles. And then there's a center candle called uh, the white candle. And these all these candles have different significance. I didn't grow up in a home where we did Advent, all right? So just letting you know, uh, if, you, if you're maybe in a religious home and you're like, uh, rolling your eyes right now, I think some of this liturgy stuff is kind of cool. Just, you know, learning about it and, and worshiping God through through a ritual, right? It's, it's a good reminder. I mean, we all have like a notification buttons on our phone, right? Like when you get a text or somebody pokes you on Facebook or a tweet or something like that, there's a little bar at the top of your phone and something goes ding or whatever, right? It's a notification to remind you. This is one of the problems I have with reading my Bible while I'm on my smartphone because, you know, my paper Bible doesn't, I don't have those things going on, right? It's like ding, I wonder who that is. I'm trying to read Corinthians and somebody's, I don't know. Anyway, the Advent candle, back to topic, Russ. It's kind of like that, isn't it? It's kind of like a, a reminder, a notification. Throughout uh, the years of the Christian church, a lot of this liturgy stuff that I used to just say is stupid, nonsense religion, and I used to believe that for a long time. But really, it is kind of a cool way of, uh, you know, just being reminded of our faith, having our affections stirred for God. Now, if it's not doing that for you, then... You know, part of it maybe is rebellion. I don't know. You grew up in a home where you just saw everything going on and you thought it was all just BS, so you rejected it. I don't know. I don't know where you're at, but I'm going to do a show based on this this Advent candle and what these what these candles mean. Um, and 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 I'm starting to I'm starting to like liturgy more than I more than I used to. Uh, Email me, Russ at ASI247.org. Where are you at with that? Like, do you go to a church that's, uh, you know, liturgy-centered? I know there's a lot of Catholics that listen, and you guys will go in and light a candle, or, you you know, you do Catholic-y things, right? You, you say things in Latin. Um, Advent actually is a Latin word. It means the coming, right? It's talking about Jesus' arrival, the, the advent of, of Christ and and, and that's a Latin word that's, uh, you know, kind of a catholic thing. I don't, I don't know. I'm just going, right? Uh, usually when I hear Latin words, it's a horror movie and there's a demon involved and some guy trying to, write exercise or, I don't know. So anyway, Latin, Advent, moving on. The first candle in the Advent uh, wreath is called the Hope Candle. And it's on the outside of the wreath. And it and it has to do... It's also the prophecy candle. So before, like in the Old Testament, we would look forward to Christ's arrival in the prophecies that are in the Old Testament. And Isaiah and uh, this pointing to Christ. And, I mean, Isaiah has been called like the, the fifth gospel because it's so... You know, I mean, how could you not? I, I don't get people that don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I mean, it's just, 
<laughs> How do you... Anyway, so Isaiah um, talks about the prophecy that Christ is coming. There's some beautiful texts in Isaiah. Why am I talking about Isaiah and liturgy and uh, lighting an advent calendar? Because we all have rituals, all right? This is a show on about with four people by a person who really struggled with sexual addiction. Who People who write uh, stuck feeling owned by their own behavior that, right? And when you're a Christian, you feel like, you know, I, I'm not supposed to do these things, but I keep doing them. Like, what is wrong with me? And, and it kind of blows up your idea of thinking theologically because you're supposed to repent of sin, right? And, and, and change and walk away from our sin and be saved. And, and what does that look like? And, and people really struggle with that. I did, you know? Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery that, you know, no one condemns you, now go and sin no more. And one of my theological, right, going through the, my, me being a young theologian, I guess, right, was, was uh, how do I do that? Like, okay, great, sounds good. How do I do that? Um... Bulls Weber is a, a, I've talked about her before. She's another person that I like. She talks about, I used to say I'm not a theologian, right? But really, um, something that she pointed out, which I believe this is very true. Anytime you start talking about God and your story, you're a theologian. You're, theolo you're, you're theological in your sharing about your life's history, right? Theologizing. Is that a word? I think so. Um, thinking about our life and thinking about how our relationship with God, um, the, the Holy Spirit talking about God entering in and, and taking up residence in our heart, right? What does that look like for you? And when you tell your story and when you think about God and when you open your Bible and when you pray and what you pray for, it's all a, a theological story. It's your theological adventure, if you will, as far as your your life unfolding, is it not? So that's the way we ought to think about theology. Not that there's a correct way to... I mean, there is and there isn't, right? I mean, there's, there's very plain do's and don'ts, shoulds and ought to's, attitudes that we're to adopt, right? Um, definitions of worship, of sacrifice, of engagement, right? Of what stirs our affections, these kinds of questions. A lot of them are emotional, not just, you know, head smarts, but they're, they're cognitive. They, they stir us inside. They get us to think, and then those thoughts turn into emotions, right? So there is a good and a bad theology, but again, God, I mean, some of the most, the, the people that miss some of the big ideas in the Bible, like God coming to earth, entering time and space as a man and, and, and living a life that we couldn't live, right? And, and actually loving us enough to engage us and to pay the debt that this world uh, forces us to pay. 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God, paid that debt. And that's not devoid of relationship either. Um, there's so much in Reformed theology that starts to get nuts and boltsy, as, as I like to say, right? It, it, it removes the relational aspect of who God is and how much God loves you, how much God cares about you. Like, it's not just that he came and he, he's, you know, signed a waiver that paid some debt and then he walked away. No, this is a... This is a deeply intimate relational exchange that went on. And, it, and it's with you today, right? That relationship with God. So the first candle, which is the hope candle, is something that, you know, when I read some of these posts and I, and I go back and I remember how that felt, you know, like... You hear in theological terms that Jesus paid the debt and that we can get over our past because that sin debt's been paid. And and for some reason, in our hearts, it doesn't seem like enough, right? Like, for whatever reason, we're still feeling just stuck and we get all depressed and bent out of shape. And... And it's it's not understanding this um, this paradigm of this relationship. I believe that God loves you and pressing into Him. See, with some of this theology, and even in Christianity, what we start to feel right, or with the way our mind works and the way we start thinking about it, is in legal terms, and then that has us believing that God is, you know, disappointed and that we should run from Him rather than to Him, right? Not approach His throne of grace, but be like, you know, I don't know, God, does He love me? Is everything going to be okay? You know, it's, it's like it's not enough. And it, and it is enough. It is. It's enough. Um, let me read you some scripture. This is from the Bible, all right? Now, the Bible can be hard to interpret, but some of the stuff is just plain common sense. We think, and this is what I used to believe, that you know somehow I'm, I'm so low, or I'm such a scumbag, or I'm such a disappointment, that somehow, you know, I, I don't... I, I, how could I uh, afford God's grace, right? Because I think we try and put it out there, right? Like, I know how other people define this word, but what about for you, behind your eyes? I did a whole season, season two, um, of, of the podcast just talking about the definition of words, right? Because how we think about words, how we're mindful of how we define things, like especially uh, the big ones are like freedom and love, right? How we define those two words, how we think about those two words will change our attitude. Uh, You know, uh, different words. Holiday is another one. You know, it, it changes our attitude. The way we think changes the way we feel. The way our, our, our attitudes are in gear to what we think, right? This is, this is something to be mindful of. How do you define the word holiday, for example, right? 
It changes how you feel. Are you going to be the Christian Pharisee, right? I mean, what does it mean to to love people, to engage people, to walk in freedom, right? How we think about those words is so incredibly important. Make me broken so I can be healed Cause I'm so callous and now I can't feel want to run to you with heart wide open make me broken make me empty so I can be filled cause I'm still holding onto my will and I'm completed when you Yes, that band is called the Sidewalk Prophets. That's some some good stuff. little bumper there for you. So how does this sound? This sounds uh, much better, right? This is uh, me on the headphones, on the microphone. My father-in-law, Bob, over here making coffee in the background, which gives it even a cooler coffee shop effect. That's what we got going on here. Uh, I know, right? This is much more better audio, isn't it? Yes. Yes, I know. All right. Very, very, very funny. That's uh, for all you audiophiles out there who have been <laughs> concerned about me driving around as I've done the show. Yes, this this sounds much better. I know. Thank you. I mean, uh, you're welcome. Whatever. Uh, wanted to end out the show again with some some liturgy. Uh, again, Don Ringman, this guy at church i've been going to the port gardner bay church who talked last sunday about advent and uh he's been doing the lighting of the candle thing every sunday for the last four weeks and again it's been it's been cool it's been a way to get into that part of the of the faith right and but not just for the for the sake of ritual like i I, that's one of the things i despise about the the religious ritually stuff like you can get lost in it and then that has no impact on your heart really right it's just going through the motions again that's why i like that song so much because it shows you know it talks about that make me broken right make me open my heart up make me clay you know that's Isaiah 64, verse 8. But, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. And we all are the work of your hand. This is Isaiah's work. This is also the chapter in the Bible where he says, um, even our righteous acts are as filthy rags in your presence, right? Like, even on our best day, we, we don't, we're we're still in his hands we're still but i think that's part of our part is being pliable enough to be soft enough to be clay enough 
right? It, not that we have to do it. Like we have to, it, it's, it's down deeper than that, that our hearts would be open, that help make me broken, right? That song, make me open to your, to your will, to your heart. Um, and Christmas is a beautiful time to just be reminded of that, constantly reminded of that. But also there's the tug on the other side of all the stressors and the family situations and all the stuff that goes on that's also impacting our heart as well. It's it's walking through that. And that's what I was encouraged in with uh, with the Advent message, you know. You light the first candle. The first candle is, is a hope candle. Where, where does our hope lie in? Does our hope lie in our behavior? Does it lie up? in our ability to muster up enough faith or obedience, right? Our hope, the obedience is simply just reaching for him. I mean, that's the main crux of obedience is having our hearts open. So I wanted to just share with you some of my story and, and just being super stuck in some of these areas and, and some of the scriptures that really helped wake me up, helped stir my affections, helped uh, move some of that in me, that it's okay to be broken, right? I mean, I have a, I have a shady past. Uh, I was talking to a friend recently about uh, talking about my past and the stuff that I've done. Like, aren't you afraid? Like you're confessing to crimes in a sense, Russ. Like I, I was a drug dealer. I was a drug trafficker. There is this thing called the statute of limitations, right? This all this stuff happened twenty years ago, more than that. Um, but so that, that there's that time that's ran out, and people are like, "Well, don't you want to pay back your debt to society?" No, you know, no, not really. I don't think it would do any good or honor God for me to sit in a jail cell for my crimes. But I've paid my dues, right? I don't see the show as a, as a way of, of paying dues either, by the way. Like, I'm trying to make amends, right, or, you know, pay back something. Part of doing this podcast is just my heart for seeing other people get free from just really stubborn, uh, addictive behaviors that, you know, I, I felt hopeless, like this is never going away, Um and, and I've seen some real freedom from that and some real growth in this area. So that's my heart for doing the show. It's that I get to, right? D talking about the gospel, I get to give good news to folks, not because I'm trying to make amends or pay back something, not at all. Um, the past is in the past. It's been paid for. Um, I can let it go. And the cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Going into some of the frozen lyrics there. Hey, it's Christmas time, man. That music's playing a lot around here. And even being the guy I am today is not something that a lot of Christians are hip and cool with, right? Like, I, I enjoy a fine cigar every so often, right? With my friends, I don't mind drinking some whiskey, drinking some beer. I actually make whiskey, all right? That may be <laughs> admitting to a crime right there. I don't know. They sell all the stuff for it at the homebrew store. So we've just legalized marijuana in my state. So don't get me started on 
you know, why that's illegal. But that was another thing that owned me in the past, and, and the fact that I can make it now is uh, is part of that heart change. Because I, I I didn't have control of that in the past. Not that I have control now, but you see what I'm saying. Again, it's it's opening the heart. It's letting the heart be clay, letting him be the potter. Um. So the hope candle, man. Word is my hope. What started the the process of this this opening the heart, and a lot of it was guys sharing scripture with me because I don't believe men, right? Just because these guys are pastors, the guys at AC three and some guys at Mars Hill when I got in recovery groups there, it was less about. I mean, I liked their story. I saw their hearts change and their lives change, and and you can see the fruit on people, right? But when it came to advice, um, I'm I'm more of a, a scripture guy. Like, where did, where's that in the Bible, right? I, don't tell me your morality. Just <laughs> where's that in the in the scripture? That gives me hope, and uh, that's that's where the the hope candle came in. Um, here's a here's a great one. Second Corinthians uh, seven nine through 10 uh this is one I, recently i've been confronted about some things and i've always told people like, again with the where most christians <laughs> don't talk like i talk and and one of the things i was confronted with some of that and i said um i think the bigger danger is faking like i'm not going to sugarcoat myself that because this is who i am this is where i'm at and if people don't like that or can't accept that, then it's just better for me to go away, right? I mean, I'm not the man I was in the past, but I'm still on a progress, a progression of sanctity. And God's not done with me yet, right? So um, it's better to be yourself. Again, this is that first-person theology. It's better to be yourself and gather information and advice even, but let the scriptures impact you and change your heart and mind. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. How do these verses, how, do, how does this message, how does the right liturgy, <laughs> if you will, how does it impact your soul? So, again, I, I keep saying this. I'm going to read scripture. So here we go. This is Second uh, Corinthians 7, 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10. Therefore, I'll take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my needs, in my persecutions, in my distress, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. See, there's so much. Again, that's why I'm going to be honest. Because if Christ is strong in me, then I don't have to be strong for everybody else, right? That's backwards thinking. The fact that I am still fairly jacked up in my persona and my referendum, the edgesness in my Christian communities. Um, it, it, hopefully it gives people hope. That's right. I, I want people to understand that when, when I'm weak, Christ is strong. He's doing the work in my heart.
It's just, what does it mean to keep it open, right? Um, where is God in the pain? And I think that's important because when we have these behaviors, I'm not like reveling in um, the fact that sometimes I'm closed up, that I'm not the greatest communicator. Like I wish I was more uh, open with my wife. Like I could be just this guy who's always present emotionally and uh, the, the person I wish I was at some points, right? Like there's a reason I'm not that person. The, the things that have happened in the past that I do have to let go, but they're still a part of my history. God is in that. Where is God in that? Those are some of those questions that I had to push through. Where is God in that? Um, the pain. This is part of the preparation candle. This is the second candle in the Advent. Preparing our hearts for, for just being open, right, to, to faith. Part of it for me, I think, is treasure. Like I would treasure the hardness of it. I would treasure rebellion. Um, and I still do to a certain extent, right? There's some good rebellion. I mean, Jesus was kind of a rebel, right? I mean, Jesus got in the face of the religious elites of his time. They were not just the religious elites. They were the authorities, right? I mean, these guys ran government to a certain degree, um, political leaders were the religious leaders in Jesus' time, and he wasn't afraid of them. But in my sinful nature, my rebellion is kind of to get bitter or to push out. Like, I want to push back, on, and I want justice. And I'm not sure how to filter that out sometimes, right? Giving grace forgiveness, reconciliation. I want it, I want to see it work out and I want to um, press into to seeing it work out. I really do. But that's a progression in time. Right now, where I'm at, I can either let my heart melt, right? Be broken. Let myself be open to the, the spiritual things of God or I can just choose to be hard and cold. There is choices, right? There really is. And praying for God to warm us, just be like the sun to come in and, and melt my heart, please, Lord. Right? That's one of those things, preparing our hearts. Part of the fact that things don't resolve, part of the fact that things aren't working out the way we think they should, right, is that God put eternity in the hearts of men. That's in Ecclesiastes. We keep thinking things are going to be resolved here when maybe that's not the point. I mean, we, we can do what we need to do to make amends, right? To make peace with people, to reconcile instead of just being hard and cold and not forgiving. Um, but it, it, ultimately, sometimes things don't work out the way that we would like them to. Some of those relationships don't get reconciled. I mean, we can forgive and not have ought against people, but there's also times when, you, you know, those people still aren't in your life, but that's okay. And it needs to be okay for a season. Again, having your heart open to the future, having your heart open towards reconciliation in the future, but 
realizing that in this moment, things can be, we can have peace. Um, one quote by C.S. Lewis that I love is, uh, it's nothing in this world, the fact that nothing in this world satisfies, right? Sometimes reconciliation, when it even comes together and we see the climax of the reconciliation, the forgiveness, they say they're sorry, they want to move in relationship with us, we we talk with them and then the relationship or whatever, is, it's, it's climaxes on this, you know, big hug and people are, oh, and tears flow and usually that's not how it works. It's not like a Hallmark movie in most cases, right? But again, as time progresses, it happens in God's time, not ours. So again, that's that's something that C.S. Lewis said. The fact that, that even when those things do get rectified and sanctified or, or, or resolved, right? That then this, the, the relationship still has to move into the future. So there's still more dissonance that's served up, right? Anyway, so C.S. Lewis said that if nothing in this world satisfies over time, right? If nothing in the world really satisfies climactically, that's not his exact quote. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But isn't the logical conclusion that the thirst and hunger that we are seeking for is in a different world than this one, right? Like that's part of the reality that we are spiritual creatures who are hunger and thirst for righteousness because we have an alternative eternal perspective that may, we may not even know exists for most of us who don't understand spiritual things. Again, Ecclesiastes, King Solomon says, God put eternity in the hearts of men and women. And that's why we're not going to be totally satisfied here, right? It's okay. It's okay. Prepare your hearts. That's another preparation of heart for that. Um, I wanted to read you this. This is from the Message Translation. It's just uh, it's just common English for writings of Paul can get kind of <laughs> tied up and nutsy boltsy in some translations because he didn't speak English, and uh, because he was a I think the guy was a passionate uh, writer and he just wrote stuff out and and he wanted people to understand it emotionally. And that's another reason I like the Message. It's not a perfect translation, but uh, I wanted to read you this. In, in the topic of preparing our hearts. This is Romans two fourteen through 24. When outsiders who have never heard God's law follow it more or less by instinct, they confirm the truth by their obedience. They show that God's law is not something alien imposed on us without being woven into the very fabric of our creation. There is something deep within that echoes God's yes and no, right and wrong. Their response to God's yes and no will become public knowledge on the day God makes his final decision about every man and woman. The message from God that I proclaim through Jesus Christ takes us into account takes into account all these differences verse 17 starting in verse 17 this is the caption above it says religion can't save you if you're brought up jewish don't assume 
assume that you can lean back in the arms of your religion and take it easy, feeling smug because you're an insider in God's revelation, a connoisseur of the best things of God, informed on the latest doctrines. I have a special word of caution for you who are sure that you have it all together yourselves, and because you know God's revealed word inside and out, feel qualified to guide others through the blind alleys and dark nights and confused emotions to God. This reminded me of uh, Matthew 15, where Jesus is talking about the Pharisees saying that, you know, the, the blind will ultimately lead the blind. It's part of leaving a church, too, when you're in an unhealthy church situation where sometimes you can just tell that they're not open to loving on people in the world. Like, it's hard to love people. It really is. It's hard to love your neighbors. But that's part of the essence of our faith is actually you know, even initiating our neighbors, even talking to our neighbors is hard for a lot of Christians, much less loving them. But if we don't love our neighbors, we don't get that. We're missing the point, according to Jesus. So, you know, some people that leave a, a, a church, man, it's hard, it's difficult. And I know it right now. I'm feeling it. I'm in the midst of it with other friends who have left the church. And, and it's, it's difficult. But what does Jesus say? Matthew fifteen fourteen. Leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, they both fall into a pit. Again, it's having our hearts open to, to love to embrace other people, to be open to other people's stories, to have some compassion for other folks, right? That's why I love that Paul says that to the Romans, like you're trying to guide other people in the intricate heart level, you know, things of God being, like there's a difference between being a neat religious boy or girl and being a godly man or woman, all right? That's the truth, man. I love that. I'll read that part again. Um, you feel qualified to guide others through their blind alleys and dark nights and confused emotions to God while you are guiding others. Who is guiding you? I'm quite serious. While preaching, don't steal. Are you going to rob people blind? Who would suspect you? The same with adultery. The same with idolatry. You get by with almost anything if you front it with eloquent talk about the law of God. The lines from scripture, it is because of you Jews that the outsiders are down on God shows it's an old problem that isn't going away. And that's part of the point, right, of Romans 2, preparing our hearts, is that our hearts are kind of already prepared. The fact that we know right and wrong, the fact that we weigh some stuff, weighs heavy on our heart, feelings of guilt, right, shame, which are two different things. Talked about that in some other shows, but processing those, the facts that those are there shows that our hearts, like God's written his law on our hearts, the fact that we feel bad when we do bad is the because we're human, right? If you don't feel bad when you do bad, again, there's a word for that in psychology. It's called sociopath, right? This is, uh, again, Hebrews 8, uh, chapter 10. This is from the New Living Translation. 
But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they will be my people. See, that's relationship right there. That's it right there. And really, that's the shepherd candle, right? The candle number three, lighting candle number three. It's it's the shepherd candle that God is our shepherd, that he is walking with us, that he's not distant, that he's not far away. Even in our sin, you know, it's us that kind of crouches away from God. God is right there. He doesn't leave you or forsake you. That's in the scripture as well. That's part of, again, part of the shepherding heart of God. These all tie together so well. Deuteronomy 31 6 you know is this be strong and courageous because God will never leave you nor forsake you part of our 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 lack of courage and our lack of strength again is going back to that when we're weak he is strong when we are empty he fills us right we can have confidence in that that is the faith becoming real in your life, right? First person theology, you working, walking with God through that knowledge and getting it in the heart as we walk out our lives. I did a bunch of shows on the Ten Commandments, which, uh, uh, anyway, I'll talk about that later, but Hebrews uh, 13.5, this is about covetousness, right? Sometimes we just covet more information. I need more stuff. I need another five-step program. I need another book. I need another seminar. I need another, right? Um, coveting the fact that, again, the, with the shepherding candle, this reminded me of that. Uh, Hebrews 13, starting in it's this verse 5, um, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things that you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even when it's broke time, right? Right now I'm just broke, flat broke. It's Christmas time. Both the cars broke down, right? Just having a rough time of it right now. Not sure how I'm even going to pay. I mean, we bought food, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, it's just, it's just a difficult time. Um, and that that's where my heart can go like are you what are you trying to teach me through this what are you trying to show me through this you know and again it's just more leaning into him um working hard yes that's true but also trusting that god has a plan even in this tough season and that he will never leave me nor forsake me and some of us think that we've sinned so bad and when we sin that he leaves us and that's just not true it's just not true that's when he's closest man it's that footprints in the sand thing I'm not going to go into that but I'm running short on time Um, candle number four the angel candle um and this one hit me as uh, as the gospel candle, right? Again, I'm not a religious dude. I, I don't like religion, right? I mean, religion had a lot to do with me running from God rather than to him in my story. Okay, I mean, we pro- you process that however you like, but that's part of my story. The the Just the religious the way that the Jesus story was told to me wasn't gospel. 
all right? Gospel means good news. It's good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ is very good news for the human heart. Um, angels announce the good news of the Savior coming. That's this fourth candle. Uh, God has sent his only son to save us because he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? He's not out to condemn the world. He's out, you hear these, you know, fire and brimstone preachers and God's going to come down and crush because he's condemning the world. No, the point of Jesus, the point of this good news, the point of the angels come in to herald the truth. We hear that in the Christmas songs, angels coming in to herald the good news, right? Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him that's John three sixteen through 17 and the brightest candle the candle that lights it all up this is what my friend Don Ringman there at, at Port Gardner Bay said he kind of ended with this last in his sermon last Sunday there was a beautiful climax to it that the fifth candle lighting that fifth candle with all five candles this is just at its brightest peak right there and that's the Christ candle that's the Jesus candle man that's why I'm a Christian that yes God did come into the world entered time and space as a, as a fleshy vulnerable baby right he was outside of time. And I was talking with my a Muslim friend on, on Twitter. We were messaging back and forth. And I said, you think God, God made time, dude. Like, do you think God can't be in two places at once? Do you think the son can't pray to the father? Dude, the son prays to the father to demonstrate for us love and the fact that God is relationship. Like that is part of his essence. It's a great thing I got out of that interview with Paul Young. You know, God is pursuing you and I with this constant, other-centered, self-giving love relationship that is the essence of God himself, right? The Christ candle is, is so huge a demonstration of love that God would come in and get in the soup with us right there are certain laws there are certain ways that this world is set up like the plus and minus on a battery why did Jesus have to come why did the cross have to happen because this world is set up a certain way and that's not God saving right it's not that he had to save us from his wrath his own wrath, that would mean God's bipolar. No, it's a demonstration of love in a, in a jacked up situation that got broken and fractured at the fall. God loves us and wants to see love flowing out and demonstrated love himself and shows us how to suffer through this world and how to love and have grace and peace it's like the old philosophers would say, if we didn't know evil, we wouldn't know what good is, right? What would this world be like? What's heaven going to be like? Um, God loves us. That love pierces the soul, 
pierces the pus out of my soul. That's my story, all right? I'm not going to tell you how you should and ought to think about this, but I'll tell you in my heart, in my life, in my hell-bent for leather on my way to die, right? I wanted to live my life like a bottle rocket, just bang, all right? That was where I was. God pierced the pus and the infection out of my soul so I could live and live longer. And I'm not doing it perfectly, man. And I'm not Mr. Lovey, open family guy myself. All right. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my in-laws. I love my parents. But I don't demonstrate that as it's even a fracture of how I should. I want to be a better man for them. I want to love them better. But as I am... I'm doing the best I can, and I'll continue to walk in peace through that and let go the bitterness and let go the the darkness and let go the criticism and the pointing out of the bad things and just let the good things flow and let people be who they are and love them because the Christ candle came in and loved me, right? Because Jesus came in and loved me because all this message of the, the advent calendar and the, 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 you know, you hang that on the wall and you got the candles and this, this message, this little stupid piece of religion, whatever you want to call it, it's just this ritual that shows Jesus and his love for us, and his grace, and his brightness. Man, I love you guys, and, and uh, I just wanted to end with that. Jesus is the miracle, and the reason for the season. <laughs> to, to leave out a little cliche there. I uh, uh, love you guys more than, uh, more than you know, man. I, the fact that you guys listen is, humbles me. Um, I just want to leave the show right there. I want you to pray and 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 just think about Jesus moving in, walking with you, putting his arm around you, and that God is real and that he does love you even in your mess, especially in your mess. I'll leave you with another uh, Christmas tune. Until next time. friend of sinners the truth's become so hard to see the world is on their way to you but they're tripping over me always looking around but never looking up I'm so double-minded a plank-eyed saint with dirty hands and a heart divided oh Jesus friend of sinners open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers let our hearts be 
Oh Jesus, friend of sinners, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Jesus, friend of sinners, the one who's riding in the sand, may the righteous turn away and the stones fall from their hands. Help us to remember we are all the least of these. Let the memory of your mercy bring your people to their knees. Nobody knows what we're for, only what we're against when we judge the wounded. What if we put down our signs, crossed over the lines and love like you did? Santa